gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. All right, hello, and welcome to the Talent Podcast, the only podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I am your host, as always, Adam of TalentLoan.com, and with me is my co-host, Mike. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Let me ask you a question, Adam. Fine. So, according to this year's summer solstice, summer will be over on September 23rd. Do you know what season comes after September, or after fall? Winter. Incorrect. Oh, wait. I, meant to, I just <laughs> fucked up my own cold open. Never mind. Here, we'll restart. Ready, ready, ready? All right, yeah, go. How you doing, Mike? I am doing fantastic. Adam, let me ask you a question. What season Fall. usually comes after summer? Fall. Wrong. It's Baker Mayfield comeback season, my friend. 80.3 passing grade by PFF, third best in the league through two weeks. What's his uh, Copa plus EPA? No idea. Mm. I don't know what the Environmental Protection Agency has to do with any of this. Mm. They're near me. You know oh, that? Really? I didn't. Yeah. They're near all of us, though, like Jesus. All right, Mike. <laughs> well, similar to the band The Wonder Years, we're going to come out swinging this week. Mike, what was your favorite moment from the tenure of Mike Babcock as the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets? The part where it ended. So, for those of you who don't know, Mike Babcock stepped down Sunday as the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets amid a controversy about him looking through photos on players' phones at a meet-and-greet event. It was initially broken by Biz on Spittin' Chicklets, which is excellent reporting, thank you, Yes. to the former hockey player who now works for Barstool. Uh, apparently, Mike Babcock was getting people to link their phone via AirPlay and displaying it on a wall in his office and then grilling players about their camera rolls. Uh, Boone Jenner, who's their current captain, said that it wasn't nefarious and it was just a way to talk about his family. Johnny, I almost called him Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gaudreau said something similar. The NHLPA got involved. Some players were uncomfortable. Babcock resigned after saying it was a distraction. Uh, Pascal Vincent takes over. Mike, Pascal Vincent thoughts? Cool name. Cool name. And, uh, Mike, do you know how much the Columbus Blue Jackets season total over under changed after those news? I don't, but I bet you it wasn't that much. It didn't change at all. Yeah, I don't think it would. This news I found hilarious. Because I don't know how Mike Babcock got another coaching job in the NHL to begin with. So, I just, it, it, I mean, it's just like when a sports team does something dumb and then it goes the exact way everybody said it would. It's just, yeah. it's gratifying and hilarious. And I know like Boone Jenner and, and Johnny G came out and they're like, oh no, you're just, you know, why does he pictures of my family? But apparently some of the younger players were like, that was weird. And I feel like he looked at my camera roll a little too long. Like he was really searching for the dick pics. I don't know. Um, or whatever, you know, puck bunnies were, were hitting him up with something. But then, dick pics, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's 2023 20, people. Things that coaches think they could do, we've realized like, no, it's not okay. I mean, it's like that in any workplace. We find out there's things that back then, you know, take a look at Mad Men that people thought were okay, and they are not. Um, so yeah, it's just, I find it funny. And also the fact that they announced his reg resignation before, I believe the, if I read it right, the NHLPA was supposed to meet this Friday to discuss their findings and what they would think were next steps. 
and they had him resign before it even got to that. I think that's telling. Yeah, I'm prone to agree about that, that he stepped down before there was any official investigation into this. Um, you think he goes back to ESPN? I mean, I was shocked when he showed up there the first time, but probably. I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, I've just learned if you're an old hockey guy with the Stanley Cup, people will always pay you money to do something. So, he'll probably should really back What I really love about the NHL, having gotten into it a lot later than you did, is just how incompetent it is compared to other leagues. Yeah. Like, the, the NFL has its moments, you know? But a lot of times, their decisions are at least justified, right? Like, no one's hiring Boomer Isaacson off of TV to come coach their team. Even, like, the bad hirings. Like, Urban Myers is like, well, he was successful in college, so it makes sense. Yeah. Mike Babcock, it was like, everyone thought this guy sucks. Then he had controversies. And then he was on ESPN, so then Columbus hired him. Just gotta love the incompetence of the league. Yeah. And it doesn't surprise me that Boone Jenner and Johnny G were like, oh, no, it was it was cool. But then younger players maybe felt like it was invasive. Because I don't think Mike Babcock respects younger players. Because he brought a young Mitch Marner into his office and said, rank the team by work ethic, and then shared the list with the rest of the team. So, yeah. All right, Mike. Getting uh, our preliminary hockey talk out of the way. Uh, it's still football season, so we got some football to talk Hell about. Yeah. So, Mike, it is, uh, you know, Monday morning-ish. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Nice early 3.23 in the afternoon central time. So, first things first, we got to predict what the Monday morning headlines are going to be eight hours ago. So, Mike, I'm going to I'm gonna go through a couple of headlines here. I don't know if you have any prepared, but if you don't, we can just rip off mine. First off, the obvious question, Monday morning headline, which 0-2 team is going to make the playoffs? Can I give you a list? I got the list. All right. Well, you know, there goes. <laughs> go ahead and pull back the curtain there, brother. <laughs> I got the list, brother, brother. Uh, for the viewers, I guess listeners, I hope no one's viewing me. For the listeners at home, the 0-2 teams currently, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Minnesota Vikings, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Houston Texans, Chicago Bears, Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals, and New England Patriots. Mike, which one of these 0-2 teams will make the playoffs? Probably... I mean, we're going to – are we going to talk about these teams more in depth uh, after I, this question? I, I really just more have notes on 0-2 teams. If you got if you got some yeah. more in-depth thoughts, feel free to uh, let them run. I do. I got notes on 0-2 teams and the games they played this weekend. So I'll just real quick say probably Cincy or the Chargers since they seem to be the most talented even though they're not playing like it. No vote of confidence to the Patriots. No, I'm obligated to never give them anything. Let alone Mac confidence. Jones. Mac Jones gets so much credit sometimes. That man threw away that game every opportunity he could. You see that pick he threw? Yeah. Devontae Parker down the sidelines, standing just behind a cornerback, and he, Mac Jones still tried to throw it. Yeah, the Patriots just have, like, no big play ability whatsoever to help get them back in a the game. They're yeah. just boring. And it, it's time to, like, like, 
I don't know. They always run out with these like makeshift wide receiver groups because they struggle to draft good wide receivers. So they're like Devontae Parker and Juju, who hasn't been good since like what halfway through his Steelers career, and then he fell off once Antonio Brown left town. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, Keyshawn Booty, cool name, but that's about it. And Mike Gesicki. Oh boy. Nice, uh, nice attempt on the lateral. Players. You got to give him props for attempting the lateral. The the lateral was great. The execution yeah. by the offensive lineman, terrible. Terrible. Who Cole Strange. Strange? <laughs> yeah, Cole Strange. You, were, you know where he went to school, Mike? Connecticut. Uh, yeah, Connecticut, right? Chattanooga. Chattanooga. I knew it started with the C and had three syllables. Chattanooga. Four syllables. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, Happy for Tua, though. The season he's having. Oh, I got I got some Tua stuff on a minute here. Let's stick to the 0-2 teams here before okay. we move on okay. to Tua. Um, Mike, I got some 0-2 stats for you. So I went back six years, which I understand is an arbitrary amount of time, but I kind of stopped being interested after six years. So I stopped after six years. Mm-hmm. 2022, 0-2 team to make the playoffs, the Bengals. So they opened the season by losing to the Ravens and Cowboys and didn't lose from their bye week until the conference championship game, including a playoff win over the Buffalo Bills. It's not really relevant to my analysis. Just thought I'd bring it up. Uh, 2018, two teams, 0-2 made the playoffs. The Houston Texans, they actually started 0-3, then won nine straights and lost to the Colts in the wild card in Andrew Luck's last season. Mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks, who snuck into the wild card round at 10-6 and before losing to Dallas. 2017, the New Orleans Saints went 0-2, then won eight straight games and lost in the divisional round to the Minneapolis Miracle. And 2016, the Miami Dolphins went 0-2, 1-4 in their first five games, and then lost – they went 9-2 and down the stretch after that, and then got eliminated in the wild card round by the Steelers. So not a lot of sustained success from going 0-2. Yeah. You can't win it in weeks 1-2, and two, as they say, but you can lose it. Unless you're the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, they didn't win it either, so. <laughs> uh, Mike, do you, can you name any of the teams that – there's been three teams that have gone 0-2 and won a Super Bowl. Can you name any of them? Are the Patriots just on your list? I kind of zoned out. Uh, the Patriots were not on my list, but I only went back to 2016. I feel like the Patriots had to have done it. Yep, 2001 Patriots did it. Okay, that makes sense because that's when they had Bledsoe and then Brady took over. And yep. then – like 17 years of misery started for me. Um, <laughs> 17's undercutting it, brother. It's yeah. about 20. So th- there's another one who did it, you say? There's two more that did it. Ooh. I'm going to say the Ravens. Nope, not the Ravens. Oh. The 2007 it- Giants. Okay, yes, that makes sense. No- notably beat the Patriots. And then the Thank third you. team, Mike. Mm-hmm. Third team I didn't write down, so I don't remember what it was. Okay. Well, it wasn't the Bills or the Lions. They've never won one. Or the Vikings. Or the Dolphins. Or the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dolphins just won one. Yeah. And they went undefeated that season, so it'd be hard yeah. for them to go 0 and 2, then undefeated, then win the Super Bowl. So, you know what my thing is with the uh, Cincy 0 and 2? What's that? Because everybody's pointing out that it happened last year. One thing is that I went back and looked at is remember last year their offensive line was like revamped and then it still came out like really rough in the early of the season. Joe Burrow got sacked 13 times in two games last year. He's only been sacked three times so far. Yeah, but his calf, Mike, he re-aggravated it. He re-aggravated his calf, I guess. But they're playing just bad on on so many fronts that 
I mean, making the playoffs, you play 17 games now, so very, still very in play for them. But uh, I don't, I'm not feeling, despite them doing it last year, I don't feel as confident that they're going to figure it out as well. By yeah, by total team DVOA, they're currently ranked 28th in the NFL. So they are losing and not playing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to another ON2 team. Oh, I guess the Jags are 1-1. One one. But the Jags are 11th ranked. So it's not just win and you fly up this board, lose, and you fall down it. But they are actively yeah. playing poorly. Yeah, and that was a big game for them. Because, I mean, their biggest competition in the division is going to be Baltimore. So... Yeah, they're 0-2 in the division, too. I mean, that's a, a oh, yeah. huge deficit to start at because they've lost to the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on those 0-2 teams there, Mike? You think uh, How many of them do you think are in contention for the first overall pick? Oh, the Cardinals. You want to talk about that? Um, no, I, I wrote that down. Still, still kind of... You know, they're still one of my frisky teams. These, these CTS Crabs look pretty good. Also, it's a trick question because they traded away their first-round pick to the Cardinals. Oh, that's right. But, yeah, CJ Stroud, 30-47, an uh, average up the target of 10. Looking pretty good. He got sacked six times, too, so it's not like he has the most competent line in front of him. Uh, sacks nope. are QB stat. Yeah, so that's true. That's what PFF literally says on their website. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Two touchdowns, no turnovers. I mean, once again, we always we talked mentioned it last week. Like, just no one talks about CJ Stroud. Yeah, he's <laughs> it's unfortunate. He's the most boring NFL quarterback. Somehow, he was the number two pick in a rookie, and no one talks about him. Yeah, another like, little. Oh, he's sorry. like he's the. It's really hard to think of an actor that you can never think of. <laughs> I yeah that. Telling me something, asking me to think of something I can never think of is very hard. <laughs> it's a real oxymoron. <laughs> the Dave Franco. Do people think about Dave Franco? No. He's the well, Dave Franco of NFL quarterbacks. Maybe he's th- thought about it a little more now because we're not supposed to think about the other one. He's the nomad land of NFL quarterbacks. Won an Oscar. No one talks about it. Yeah. That's good. Coda. He's the Coda of NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one talks about him, therefore no one hears about him. So it's, you know. Mm, sign language, I get you. Sign language, yeah. yeah. Uh, what so are we talking about? I don't know. Can I make a couple of Colts points? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Heart's, heart's a little broken there. That did you? Yeah. So the, the sack that took Anthony Richardson down, just bad luck. I mean, it wasn't like a high was, hit or anything or anything. He did off the turf. Yeah. Right? Just yeah. Head bounced off the turf. Yeah, that's two games in a row that he leaves early. Very unfortunate because he was kind of cooking a little bit. I mean, he had two rushing touchdowns, so very unfortunate. Also, RB1 called it. Zach Moss, 18 for 88 and a touchdown. Let's go, baby. Hey, let me ask you this. On a football Sunday, how far down the list of things to check at like 245 is your fantasy team? Shit, I'm checking my fantasy team, like, during the first quarter. I think that I am bad at fantasy because I forget to check my team until, like, Sunday night football kicks off. I I have no idea of the state of my fantasy team. I put up, in my other Dynasty League, I put up 170 points this week, and I still have someone going tonight. 
And someone messaged me and was like, wow, your team's low-key getting pretty good now. And I was like, oh, is it? I thought my team was shit. And I went and checked, and I had 170 points. Yeah, I mean, real talk, less exaggerated. I definitely do check, like, at the end of, like, the first quarter of, like, whatever game I'm mainly watching. I'm like, all right, time to, you know, during a commercial, time to check in on the fantasy team. So they're doing. We did good this week, so. Maybe it's time to hang up the smartphone. Maybe it's time to, uh, you put know. Put down the BlackBerry. Put, put down the BlackBerry. I think uh, fantasy's passed me by. Yeah. I'm taking notes, checking gambling. Not checking fantasy anymore. Anyways, we talk about the Colts. Oh, yeah. Also, a point on the 0-2 Texans is, dear God, they really need Damian Pierce to show up. Two games yeah. in, he's averaging 2.7 yards a carry. That is yeah. – I, I, I have him in one league, and he's after I get off here, it reminds me I need to put him on the trade block. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not looking good. Another hey, 0-2 but, team. Uh, other side of things, dude. Nico Collins has been lighting it the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tank Dell didn't look at Tank Dell had a really good week one, I know. Jonathan Mechie? Yeah, unfortunately, I think he only had like one catch this week, but I just still, want to see how many Texans I could name. He's coming back from blowing out his knee and getting diagnosed with leukemia, so coming Bobby back from trees. Bobby Trees. The poor man's Puka Nakua. Hey, I'm gonna throw out no and two team and let you say more because I only have one thing to say about him. All right. The Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, man, I'm fucking. I got a lot of charges, thoughts. <laughs> I'm fucking done. I'm just fucking done. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I got. Uh, I got some charge stuff in my weekly awards. Uh, I'll try not to spoil too much of it, but okay. yeah. Uh, the here, here's the thing about the Chargers is don't pick them in a survivor pool because mm-hmm. I did that. Um, it's not the offense's fault. Is that a nice way to put it? Is that sufficiently kind? Right. You're saying it's special teams. Got it. <laughs> it's, uh, boy, man, that defense ain't doing, ain't doing shit. They couldn't stop a cold. I mean, it's like you said, they're so top heavy on paper that you're like, oh, this defense is going to kill. And then they don't. Yeah. Kind of like we keep doing here with random wide receiver groups. Yeah. Think about how many players on the Chargers defense you can name here. Let's let's play a quick game here. We'll just go back and forth. We'll each name players until one of us can't name a player on the Chargers defense. Yeah. Take the first pick. J.C. Jackson. Derwin James. Asante Samuel Jr. Joey Bosa. I'm drawing a blank, but just those four names right there would make you think that's going to be a damn good defense. Khalil Mack. Oh, yeah. They have fucking Khalil there, too, yeah. who still has like a good amount left in the tank. Yeah, so you hear that, and you're like, Man, this defense can go. But they can't. I mean, they're getting toasted by Ryan fucking Tannehill. In the first half, Ryan Tannehill looked like he should retire. Yeah. By the end of overtime, Ryan Tannehill looked like a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so, so down a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. Looked like. Squint, you close your eyes. Like, is that Vince Young? I don't know why. I'm just trying to think of other Titans quarterbacks. <laughs> I don't think Vince Young's a Hall of Famer. No, no. Uh, so I'll let you save your, your Chargers notes, and I'll mention something about another own 2 team. So the Vikings. And I put down the quote from the late date, late great Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were. Okay, they're a solid, good football team. They won a lot of one-score games, and now they're coming out on the other end of it early in the year. Like that, it's not a surprise. And my other point is, Kirk Cousins is like such a mystery. Like people, like on paper, you're like statistically, you're like, oh no, he'd be a good quarterback. But then whenever you watch him, there's always like like moments take away from that and so i feel like people see him as like a middle of the road quarterback and i honestly have no idea like where to put him oh boy do i have some Kirk cousins thoughts that man 
was both the most successful commander's quarterback of my lifetime and my least favorite commander's quarterback of my lifetime. It, it It's like... It's like when you have a pair of jeans that's starting to develop a hole in them, but it hasn't gotten to the point where it's showing any skin or underwear. And you're like, ah, man, like, I really should stop wearing these jeans. Like, they look so beat up in the crotch. But you still put them on because there's no fucking hole yet. Yeah. And then that one is day Kirk Cousins. One day you start showing brain when your balls fall out. And you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Why are your balls falling out? <laughs> I don't know. You were going commando that day. No, commanders. Oh, that's right. Speaking of the commanders. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. But actually, yeah, let's talk about the commanders for a second. Because I have a, a Denver Bronco point if we're talking let's, to two teams. Let's hear your Broncos point. I got, I got some I got some Broncos stuff later. So, Okay. My Broncos point is just this. Russ still bad. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> who is talking about football this week and reviewing week two, if you mention Russell Wilson's stat line, you have to take the Hail Mary out of it. It's a fluke play. It doesn't count. Take it out of his stats. Take away 50 yards and a touchdown. Those don't count. Can and, I, real quick, yeah. pitch you on my idea for what we should be calling the Russ Hail Mary? Yes, I want to hear this. I feel like we should call it the Hail Nearly. Because they nearly came back. They nearly came back. Nearly came back. I couldn't think of anything else. You can't. Yeah. Russell Wilson, the Hail, the Cook Mary. There's nothing there. And speaking of failing on the two-point conversion, you said he got there early. I don't think St. Juice got there early. I thought that was just damn good coverage. He has a right to the ball. He went for it. People can cry me a river. Back in my day, that was just some good coverage. I think he gets to the outside shoulder a little early, but it's so bang-bang that I don't think – like there. that's one thing you should probably bury your flag on. Like I think that yeah. playing it back in slow motion, it's like, okay, yeah, it's there's some pass interference there, but it's not egregious, and I think that it's a better play than it is a dirty play. Yeah, totally agree. And then to go back to Russ for one more second, we've kind of seen two weeks in a row where he's come out and he's made some nice throws in the first half, and then second half he's back to being what we saw last year, and that is literally the Sean Payton effect. Let's not forget Sean Payton found a way to take 40-year-old Drew Brees or 39 who couldn't throw the ball farther than eight yards and still statistically had like a very good offense in the league. So the Sean Payton effect is helping getting some good throws still out of Russ, but it can only last for so long. Payton can only do so much to help Russ with his play calling and what he does before there's nothing else you can do. Okay, so call me a contrarian, but... Mm -hmm. I just think this is what Russ has always been. I think Ooh. that I think that he he doesn't run as much anymore and that hurts like his EPA per drop back. But I feel like Seattle Russ was the same shit where it's like he would make dumb decisions and he wanted to be a pocket quarterback his whole life but he can't see over his offensive lineman because he's 5-2. But he would scramble out to the side and he would be able to just huck it deep from there. And obviously he could still do it. He threw it 50 fucking air yards to end the game. And I just think that he's lost a step, which hurts. And also, none of us can get the idea of Peyton Manning coming to the Broncos out of our mind. Like, this whole Russ thing, when it happened, we everyone was like, ah, it's the Broncos again. They're bringing in the grizzled former MVP caliber veteran to put this super talented team over the top. John Elway can never get a quarterback, but he can buy one. 
And then Russ came in, and Russ was never Peyton Manning. No. Russ was always fucking Kirkland brand Drew Brees. You're right, because when I think of Russ at his prime, I have, like, audio memories of Chris, of him, like, scrambling to stay alive and making some, like, some big throw, and then Chris Collins would be like, hey, Russell Wilson, I mean, this guy, look, he keeps the play alive, scrambles out, finds Lockett down there wide open, but he doesn't do that anymore. So, yeah, that, that that's a very astute uh, contrarian point. Now, I know we're focusing on own two teams, but... I do have a commander's note that I do have to kind of like take you to task on. All right, let me hear it. You owe Chase Young an apology. <laughs> For 84.6 pass rush grade, pass rush grade, two sacks, one QB hit, four hurries, a 26.7% win rate. Adam Hess apologized to former first, was he number one overall? Two. Number two overall pick, Chase Young. Oh, for those at home who can't see, he is rocking the jersey. I, uh, I went and put my, my Chase Young jersey on, but I did not take my, off my hat to put it on, which was a mistake. That? Uh, <laughs> I was just, last thing I was going to say, was that stat, that, uh, when you guys stopped him in the end zone, I think you, you sacked Russ on, was it fourth or third down? Third down. Third down. If I remember that play correctly, I mean, Chase Young and Montez Sweat both came off the edges and just met in the middle, and Eiffel Towered Russell Wilson, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was maybe the best game of football Chase Young has played since his rookie year. And if he keeps it up, I will absolutely owe Chase Young an apology. But not until he keeps it up. Come on. Number two overall pick. He's played <laughs> a season and a half of football somehow out of the last four years. He's got some proving to do. He's been surpassed by Montez Sweat, who was drafted two years or two rounds after him. Let's uh, yeah. let's see some sustained production, all right? Yeah, all right. This is also a Washington football team jersey, so you can see it just says Washington. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't have any Commanders jerseys, <laughs> but uh, you know, might be high them? time I uh, I upgraded. Got myself a uh, a little Benjamin St. Juice jersey, <laughs> little Cam Curl. Little Emmanuel uh, Forbes, who actually got beat pretty bad a couple times in the game on Sunday. I know it didn't like entirely matter because they still got the Hail Mary, but that play where he got Russ by the ankle and kept him in bounds, Cam fucking curl. Cam curl. That Never gives up on the guy. play. Yeah. I fucking love it. It was, uh, it was. I also love it when you see adult men who get a tackle and then start doing a dumb arm gesture because we've all been watching football so long. Cam curl gets the tackle, takes a step back and starts going like this. Because he was like, keep the clock rolling, the clock's yeah. not rolling. It's like, that is an adult man making millions of dollars who looks like he's doing windmills. Yeah. That's also a good way to get the heart rate up, you know, those arm circles. <laughs> I also, I'm completely uh, apropos of nothing. My favorite thing in all of football is whenever defenders get a stop, no matter what is happening, like you get a stop on, you know, a two-point conversion or whatever, every defender will hold up the fist. Mm-hmm. Like it's fourth down. Yeah. They do that when they get a stop on fourth down, too. Yeah. That, I'm like, what are you doing? Down. This means fourth down, guys. Yeah. And if black any, power. <laughs> if anything, they should, like, things. I don't know, do, like, I mean, it isn't a first. Yeah, it is. They should do, like, the first down gesture. Yeah. You now, you're now, that you now have a first down. That makes way more sense. It. I saw someone do it on a fumble recovery this week. <laughs> they held up the fourth down? Yeah, they, they, got the, they like, fumbled it, and they went. <laughs> yeah, makes absolutely no sense. 
Uh, just not a good look for defense. No. All right, no. Mike, you ready to move on past 0-2 teams to some other headlines, or you got some more 0-2 thoughts? Just, unless we're going to talk about the Bears later, i got to get into it. The Bears, go ahead and talk about the Bears. I'm going to take off this jersey. Oh, Jesus, Justin Fields. Oh, boy. All my priors. Priors just being confirmed over here, brother. Yeah, 16-29, 2-11, a touchdown and two interceptions. And so, first of all, it's just like, he throws the one fucking bullet to chase Claypool, 20-yard touchdown. I mean, just rockets it in there to get by the the defenders. Looks beautiful. And then he just throws a god-awful interception. And then to make it worse, he kind of throws his OC under the bus in his post-game interview. <laughs> I didn't see it. What did he say? Uh, something like, he, he basically mentioned about, he made a comment about thinking they should have, they should have taken the safety, but the OC had a different question of mine i'm paraphrasing here because i don't remember word for word and he was like you know that's the way you wanted to go and you know it, it, it is what it is like he just didn't own the play at all and sometimes as a quarterback whether it's your fault or not you have to kind of do the you know the stereotypical like you know that's on me i gotta be better i'm not gonna put it on anybody else and he didn't so can i can i propose something because i think that we as a football watching community talk about justin fields too much for the fact that he's a bad quarterback mm-hmm. i think from here on out every week until Justin Fields scores more fantasy points than C.J. Stroud, we should make sure we talk about C.J. Stroud before we mention Justin Fields' name. Yeah, I agree. And we did this week. We get it. We did this week. Let's keep it up. I'll even even move on past Justin Fields. They put all this money to revamp their defense, and by PFF grade, they're 24th overall, 31st in pressure, and 24th in coverage. Like, their defense is still terrible. Let's talk talk about the Bears team building. I'm going to get into it now. Okay. Okay. First off, DJ Moore, not a number one receiver. I get it. He's good, right? He's Mm -hmm. a good receiver. But he is not the game-tilting X receiver that you want to be a competitor and you need when your quarterback is Justin Fields. You want to know why Tua looks so good? Because he has maybe the best receiver in the league that he's thrown to. What do you think Kirk Cousins would look like without Justin Jefferson? You gave this guy DJ Moore. And beyond that, talk about some dumb fucking team building. You traded the 32nd overall pick. That is a first rounder. I don't care that it is the first pick of the second rounder. That is a first rounder for Chase Claypool, who is abysmal on the Bears. Just terrible. I mean, you're like, oh, big body receiver. We can use him in the run game to block too because we're a run heavy team. He can't block. You should see these compilations on Twitter, man. Like, he's dog shit at blocking he's the inverse of bobby trees he's robert plains <laughs> I, I won't say that i'm not allowed to say anything negative about chase claypool because he went to notre dame but i will agree not been great <laughs> and uh you're like you let david montgomery watch you walks so you have khalil herbert out there you got nothing on the offensive line the defense is bad like, no matter what my priors are and how I would love to do a victory lap saying that this is all Justin Fields' fault, you put a dog shit team around him, what did you expect? Yeah, I'm I'm seeing mock drafts where they're taking Drake May and like the number two with the number two overall pick. Great. They let's give them another generational quarterback to ruin. Yeah. So last though and two thought and we'll move on is just quick question. Addison, rookie, offensive rookie of the year favorite at this point? You know what? I actually don't know who the offensive rookie. The, uh, oh, wait. I do know who the offensive rookie of the year favorite is. Do you know who the offensive rookie of the year favorite is right now? I don't. Puka Nakua! Oh, yeah. That, that, that one does make sense. I guess. I bet my neighbors hate me, but that yeah. is 
such a fun name to say. I know. Cuff will eventually come back. Puka's numbers will go down. And Addison has looked good through two weeks. Two touchdowns, two weeks. Let's go, Ferda. Ferda, boys. Uh, that, oh, to, you know, to be fair. To be fair. Thank you. Um, Puka Nakua has zero touchdowns. See? <laughs> but, wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force us to move on now because we spent so long talking about 0-2 yeah, yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got another Monday morning headline for you, speaking of Puka Nakua. Hit me. LAX receiver. The X receiver on the LA Rams, Puka Nakua. Woo! 25 receptions, 266 yards, zero touchdowns. LA, 1-1, one one, crushed Seattle, lost a one-score game, although, you know, kind of a one-score game. I mean... Is McVay betting? Is that what we're learning? <laughs> did McVay did McVay have Rams plus seven and a half or something? <laughs> so I know someone who uh, took the spread in a parlay and was very upset with that kick. Did, he had uh, uh, San Francisco minus seven and a half? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, man. Brutal. 11th rank by way to DVOA. Matthew Stafford, 91 grade in week one. Didn't look up week two because I've been busy today. 641 yards through two games. And all of this. With Cam Akers as a healthy scratch because him and Sean McVay got heat. The Rams, brother. The Rams. Uh, Mick, not McVay. Uh, <laughs> Stafford, 63.7 passing grade this week. What's his overall offensive grade, though? You're not adding in the rushing there. You know Matthew Stafford has the rushing upside. So That's this week what really is, makes him dangerous. Is this week is overall offensive grade is actually lower at 63.2. So we're just talking passing grade then for the sake of my <laughs> price. Yeah, I mean, 91, 91 overall grade week one, 63 overall passing grade week two. Yeah, I mean, his, his box score doesn't look – like it doesn't look bad, 34-55 for 307. Oh, yeah, the two interceptions. That's what's dragging his passing grade down. Yeah, but who doesn't get two interceptions against San Francisco? Come on. Very true, very true. That's a gimme. But uh, I got to say – uh, what the fuck's up with this Cam Akers thing? So you text me about this. I I missed it. What's going on? Oh, they scratched, scratched him. him. Yeah. There's like trade talk. Who's trading for Cam fucking Akers? Yeah. Who's trading for Cam fucking Akers? The Giants now that Saquon's hurt? I mean, I'm not complaining. I have Kyron Williams in our one fantasy league, and he had two two more tutties for me, so. Uh, I was trying to figure out a comparison to make for um, Cam Akers and Sean McVay. Are they the Ross and Rachel of the NFL? Will they? Won't they? They were on a they break. They were on a break. I I had uh, I I couldn't figure out which one of the two of them would be Ross or which one McVay would be because he's pretty, so you'd want to say Rachel. But also, he has the whole we were on a break thing. I mean, he's out there with, you know, making out with goth Kyron Williams. Yeah, but with the way things are going, it it wouldn't the metaphor would break down because Ross and Rachel do end up in the in the end. You don't know if they're not going to end up together in the end. Like, we so got you like think, six seasons to go until they're going to end up together. You think uh, like Cam Akers is going to be going to get on the plane to his new team, and then McFay's going to be like, "I made a mistake," and you know, go get him. Yeah, they have to have a baby together at some point. Don't really want to think of the mechanics of that. Sean McVay, you know, kind of like a dinosaur scientist. I don't know. It's kind of running running thin here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, ignoring the Cam Akers aspect of thing, uh, would it surprise you to see the Rams in the Super Bowl? Not the Super Bowl, the playoffs. It would very much surprise me to see them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, they're another frisky team. 
Houston, I mean, they, Houston and the Rams, those are the Frisky Watts teams? Yeah. I mean, shit, I put – I mean, call me crazy. I'm uh, Houston gets going, I'm and their defense stops being trash somehow. I'm putting – their defense is actually pretty solid week one, but not a good week uh, this week. But, I mean – I think Houston could maybe maybe pull off a divisional upset after the Jags look like shit. Um, Colts are two and zero. Yeah, Colts are not two and zero. Are they not? Oh, they played. Or, the, they played in the week one. Right, Ravens. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. Are you sure about no. that? You, no, that's sure not, that's not right. Yeah, because no, is it? Watch two men try to figure out what the week one schedule was seven, eight days later. The uh, Colts played the Jags week one. Huh. That doesn't sound right. They played the fraudulent Jags. Uh, but, yeah, I could see the Rams sneaking in at that seventh spot. I mean, they have another L coming against the Niners, but, you know, they already beat the Seahawks once. They could beat them again, plus they'll get two wins against Arizona. I mean. that is, Those NFC West matchups are so fucking weird every time. They are. I think it's maybe just because they have, you know, the difference in coaches there. They have McVay and Shanahan, who are like the offensive gurus, and then Pete Carroll, who's like as unkillable as a cockroach. And then, you know, whatever flavor of the week, they decide to have coach the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. That being said, Josh Dobbs, kind of frisky. Josh Dobbs, frisky? Yo, Arizona should be sending a edible arrangement to the Giants for coming back in that game. Why are you winning games or trying to win games? Stop. They have been up in the second half the first two weeks Mm -hmm. and blown both of their leads to two elite quarterbacks in Sam Howell and Daniel Jones. Ever since 28-3, a 21-point comeback just doesn't impress me. That was (laughs) – I was listening to a podcast where someone was talking about that, and uh, a Giants fan was like, yeah, it's kind of like our 28-3. It was actually more impressive than our 28-3, which is some real Carl Anthony Towns – what we yeah. did is more impressive than the Nuggets energy. But also, someone else pointed out that 28-3 to was a Super Bowl team coming back against another Super Bowl team. And this 27-0 to comeback was the Giants coming up against the worst team in the league. Yeah. At least Not they exactly – uh, caliber. At least two times, Daniel Jones figured it out to huck the ball downfield to Jalen fucking Hyatt. Yeah. Jalen, Jalen Hyatt and uh, – fuck, there was someone else. There's, there's like, two guys right now that are, like, the low-target, tons-of-yard guys. Uh, I can't remember. I thought I had a note about it, but I guess I don't. Um, oh, I do have a note about it over here. If, I, if this is the guy you're thinking of, I mean, is this guy also a rookie or no? Dude, I don't know. Who is it? <laughs> um, oh, so, where am I? Oh, I had it down here because Devontae had uh, four catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. So, he's kind of like another one, you know? Feed AJ which, Brown, then go fucking deep to Devonte. I was gonna say which Devonte. You can't just say Devonte. There's three Devontes. Devonte Smith. There you go. High Tower. What do you think? <laughs> Devonte Parker. Oh, there you go. Devonte Adams. <laughs> you want to keep going? Nope. Nope. What's your next <laughs> headline, brother? Uh, super Fishbowl. You lost me. <laughs> uh, Miami's going to the Super Bowl, brother. Ugh. I'm terrified of them. Yeah, as you should be. What the fuck? They are like a rolling ball of chainsaws on offense. Now, they came out wild on offense last season. So, But if Tua stays healthy, I think the offense continues to be wild. Yeah, and he was doing judo training, so he knows not how to not get concussions anymore. Yeah, Someone who's still comes- Anthony Richardson. 
<laughs> Someone comes at him, he just fucking hits him with like a hip throw, takes yeah. him down. <laughs> yeah. just, that's that's how you avoid concussions is you hit step up Aranagis. Exactly. Step up Aranagi and then give me a step up Enziguri. Fucking jabroni. Although, I'll tell you what, I'd pay good money to see someone hit a step up Aranagi. That would be wild. Um, so, disclaimer before we get into this. You know what? I gotta be honest, I'm throwing out the disclaimer. Disclaimer's not good enough anymore. We're getting rid of the disclaimer. It doesn't even matter. Number one team by offensive DVOA. Number seven by weighted DVOA. Allowed one sack so far this year. One. They're averaging, allowing half a sack a game. That is easy math, because there's been two games. Tua has the best EPA per play of any quarterback so far this year. They have played two solid teams. I get the Patriots are bad. It's still Bill Belichick. And good defense. Good defense. And they beat the Chargers, who, once again, not a great defense, but they beat them in a shootout. So they can put up points when they need to. Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl, brother. Yeah, I'm very uh I know after week one they shifted to the favorite in the AFC East. They probably are still the favorite. I haven't checked, but as a Bills fan, I'm not looking forward to those two games. I mean, they took us to the limit in the playoffs last year with I don't know, was, with was that a Mike White game? No, it was Skyler. No, uh Skyler Thompson, that was it. Mike White was still in New York back then. They probably wish he was still there. Um <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that I'm not I mean, and I can't even I can't poke holes in it. I mean Tua's playing unreal. Uh, Jalen Waddle and the douchebag are on the top of their game. Um, are you calling Derm Smythe the douchebag? <laughs> nah, no, I'm calling that other guy. Um, he who shall not be named. Raheem Mostert? <laughs> no, no. Jeff Wilson Jr. Okay, it was Tyreek Hill. I said it. Are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, said Voldemort's no. name. Um, hey, can I, uh, can I give you uh, a couple of weird stats here real quick? Yeah. These are some gambling things I just looked up. Currently, AFC East, Dolphins are now the favorite at minus 105, Bills plus 140, Jets plus 950, Patriots plus 1500. However, to win the conference, uh, Buffalo plus 550, Dolphins plus 750. And to win the Super Bowl, uh, Bills plus 1000, Dolphins plus 1500. So they favored the Dolphins to win uh, the division, but not to make it into the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's like everybody went and bet the Dolphins to win the division, but didn't change the their Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't change their like playoff bets that had to do with the Bills. It makes no sense. You got any final uh final Dolphins thoughts there? You're as a as an AFC East fanboy, uh what single aspect of this offense scares you the most? So I'm not an AFC East fanboy because I wish nothing but bad things for the other three teams. <laughs> uh but no, what scares me the most is what everybody fears the most and that's the Bills secondary uh, can be shaky at times, and Tyreek tore us up when he played for Kansas City and tear us up when he plays for Miami. I'm not looking forward to trying to figure out those two guys. And like you said, I mean, props for Miami for going into the offseason and on like some teams actually focused on one of their big problems and fixed it. Like, I know it's only two games, but last year, Tua got the shit beat out of him and got hurt. And it's like this year, they were like, hey, let's not let that happen because that to us, and they actually fixed it. Also worth noting, uh, they trade for Jalen Ramsey, who has yet to play a game yet. Yeah, because he's fucking jabroni. <laughs> or hurt, I guess. <laughs> you got any you got any points on the Bills? Oh, for some reason I thought you were asking gambling stuff. No, like any, any, any notes on them. 
No, I, I didn't watch much of that game because it was over pretty quickly. So, I, uh, yeah. That Josh Allen sure can, sure can be good when he's not throwing the ball directly to the other team. Yeah, it was a good bounce back game. I was talking to someone about it earlier, and I said it was good to see him get their shit together, but it was also like, you know, your kid comes home with like some like macaroni painting and you're like, all right, like, cool. You made a picture out of macaroni. It was like, all right, cool. You brought home a win against the fucking Raiders. <laughs> like, I'm glad I've been pretty upset if we struggled in this one, uh, like we did last week, but it was a good game. And also there's like a note to people, like maybe try to push Josh Allen out to his left. Cause when you push him out to his right, he is extremely lethal. Defenses do it all the time. He scrambles out to his right. He finds someone downfield along that sideline. After watching the parts of that game I watched, I do not understand why Josh Allen insists on throwing it 40 yards downfield into double coverage. That guy could throw 20-yard frozen ropes to Khalil Shakur 12 times a game, and you'd win 17 games a year. So don't even get me started on the Shakir thing. Like, like all these Dante Hardy snaps, like, can we not? Like, can we get Shakir on the field more? He got, like, the one target, and it was for that 11-yard touchdown. That ball was also low when you went down and snagged it and then got into the end zone. Like, I've been championing, like, or banging the Shakir drum. I've been (laughs) banging the Shakir drum, like, since, like, four games into last season. Like, can we get this kid into the mix? And for some reason, they just don't. Yeah, I mean, you got to hope for that. Um just pulling up uh, snaps here. Um, Deontay Hardy played 15 snaps. Khalil Shakur played 12. Last week, Deontay Hardy played 15. Khalil Shakur played 7. Trent Sherfield played 32 snaps this week, by the way. Uh, Daw- Dawson Knox is still out snapping Dalton Kincaid. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah, I mean, Dawson, Dawson Knox is more of a blocker, so. Uh, yeah, and you guys running the ball out there? James Cook's had a good game. I just, you know, want to be an ass. Oh, yeah. Uh, James, James Cook, Cook, by the way, away. running away with your backfield. Uh, 59% of all snaps he was playing. Uh, second place was Latavius Murray at 23%. I think, didn't Murray get in the end zone twice, yeah. too? Uh, I think he got one touchdown. I don't know if he got two. Continuing, Murray continuing his, like, career-long streak of being, like, that weird, like, fantasy guy. Well, that was last year. He was the only player to play two different weeks in London, and he played for two different teams. Wow. So he played in London, then got traded to the Broncos and played in London again. Wow. But yeah, he's gonna he, Latavius Murray, 25 years from now, will be telling our kids about him, and they'll be like, yeah, Dad, I know. I just drafted him in fantasy. He plays for, I'm going to say, the London Jags. I can't imagine. Do you think the Jags are now? I'm not even going to start that conversation. <laughs> we we already shit on the Jags enough. <laughs> They're fucking frauds, dude. Like this, like this is to say this point real quick. Like going into the season, everybody was like Trevor Lawrence, and I was like, yeah, I hope he's like what we thought he would be. But go back and look at him last year. He had these like random stinker games where you're like, what happened? And he had it again this week. <laughs> we got to move on. We're 45 minutes right. into this fucking right. podcast already. Let's go. Now. Let's go. Uh, we've gotten through one segment. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Mike, I got a quick game for you here. Um, it's called Likely, Not Likely, Not Happening. I'm going to ask right. you a question. You're going to tell me if it's likely, not likely, or not happening. Easy enough. Follow Easy the rules. Enough. You get half a point for everyone you get correct. All right. Uh, Russell Wilson is still the starter in Denver come week 11. Unlikely. So not likely. Already not like fucking up over here. Jesus Sorry. Christ. Same thing. Zach Wilson suits up in a Jets uniform in 2024. Not happening. <laughs> Tua Tungavailoa wins the MVP in the next five years. Likely. 
If healthy, likely. Damn. Bold. Uh, the L.A. Rams make the playoffs. This year? This year. Uh, I'm going to say not likely, but just barely. Bill Belichick passes Don Shula's win record while still coaching for the Patriots. How many is he away? Uh, so he has 298. Don Shula's record is 328. So he's about 30 away. Or exactly 30. Not about. He's exactly 30 wins away. Yeah, he's definitely going to do it. The page, Robert Kraft won't move on from Belichick. Robert Kraft's too busy getting squeezers and massage parlors <laughs> to even notice what's going on in the field. What a great term, squeezers. <laughs> I've watched a letter kitty, brother. <laughs> All right, Mike, that was likely not likely not happening. Let's uh let's burn through this Falcon segment here real quick. Uh, no okay. re- no disrespect to the Dirty Birds, but fuck, we've gone long and we got a lot to go through still. Yeah. So, Mike, uh, Falcons come back from a deficit. I guess that's the only way to come back. You can't come back from a surplus. To win over the Packers in Atlanta, 25-24, they improved to 2-0 and, barring Monday Night Football, lead the NFC South. Currently the number one overall seed in the NFC also in, like, a six-way tie, but you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, one and one against the spread, and I got to tell you, watched every snap of this game, a lot of dropped picks by both teams. A lot of teams had opportunities to pick the ball off and just fucking dropped it. It was hitting cornerbacks in the hands, and they were dropping it. Yeah. Uh, so I want to give you uh, my three stars of the game here real quick, and then we can we can talk about the finish of this game. Uh, third star, AJ Terrell. Their cornerback played very well. Uh, Packers, Aaron Jones was hurt. Christian Watson was hurt. Making Romeo Dobbs or Luke Musgrave, I guess, the, the number one receiver option on that team. Kind of hard to tell with Christian Watson out and the rest of the team being a combined 12 years old. But AJ Terrell, three tackles, two plas- pass deflections. Uh, really, really good defense in the low red zone. And he did give up a touchdown to Wicks who's a guy who I'd never heard of before Sunday. Wicks. John like Wicks. Multiple Johns. <laughs> <laughs> it's a damn near a Key and Peele sketch. Yes. Uh, second star goes to Young Gwen Koo, kicker. Played for the Chargers formerly. Only bring that up because Chargers kicker missed a couple kicks. Um, Young Wen Koo, early on, misses an extra point that would have tied the game 10-10, but comes back and ends up 4-4 four for four on field goals, 1-2 for two on extra points, including the field goal that puts the Falcons up 25-24, final score of the game. Good job, Young Wen Koo, not letting your yourself get knocked out of the game by the one missed extra point. And our first star, Mike, you called it. You sent me the text before the game was even over. Bijan Robinson, first star of the week, the promised child. The only viable fantasy option on the entire Falcons roster. 19 carries, 124 yards, another 48 air yards, 172 all-purpose yards, uh, although he does never find pay dirt. The only touchdowns in the game go to Drake London and a rushed-in touchdown by Desmond Ritter. But uh, overall, Mike, better better fantasy performance from the Falcons. A little wishy-washy on defense. Uh, a lot of fun to watch Bijan Robinson. Yeah, so real quick. I threw down a uh I threw down a same game parlay with one of those profit boost fan duels was handing out. I took Atlanta money line, hit over forty and a half, because we talked about going with the over last week, hit Bijan over eighteen and a half receiving hit, London over forty plus yards hit, and then it lost on Algier fifty plus rushing yards after Bijan just took over the backfield. Yeah. Let me pull up the snap count for them real quick because it was 
fucking Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. Week one, pretty pretty even split. It was uh, Algiers 56%, Bijan uh, 63%, which obviously implies, as you could tell from doing math, there was several snaps where they were both on the field. This week, Mike, 72% of snaps with Bijan on the field. 44% of snaps with Tyler Algiers. Yeah, Bijan took over. He was on the field for 59 total snaps, uh, which comparatively they took 82 offensive snaps. Man. A lot of offense there. A lot of offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, 92 total snaps on the season for Bijan. Second place, Tyler Algiers, 65. Love me some Algiers. Oh, what the fuck? Why has Drake London been on the field for 114 snaps? And A lot of running like and... Three receptions, yeah. <laughs> Getting that cardio in. It is so funny to watch... Arthur Smith on the sidelines. He is a goofy-looking motherfucker. Yeah. And rich as all hell. He's the heir to the FedEx fortune, if you didn't know. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. He, but he's he's goofy-looking dude. It looks like he has, like, the body of someone in their junior year of college who spent all of college studying and eating like shit, and their metabolism just starting to catch up with him a little bit. He's kind of got a hunch, but he has the face of a man who sold paper for Dunder Mifflin for 45 years. Next week, Atlanta at Detroit. Uh, opening line, Atlanta plus four and a half. How you feeling about that, Mike? I was uh, I was looking at that. I, I saw it. Yeah, it's, it sounds about right, I'd say. Um, I think I, I saw it at one point at three and a half. It might have opened at that and then has since moved. Now, it, um, it, it opened at four and a half. It might be it dipped down and then bounced back up, but it definitely opened at four and a half because I, I, I always watch it during the four o'clock games to see when they start opening lines for the next week. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that should be another fun one. Uh, I guess the question will just be, I mean, Detroit doesn't have a good defense. Um, more on them later if I get a certain award. Uh, but So I guess the question will be, can Atlanta keep up offensively? But that should be a fun one to watch. Yeah, going to be a lot of running. Uh, David Montgomery, hurt, not sure about his status for Sunday. So we're looking at Jameer Gibbs against Bijan Robinson and a who's who of who got drafted in the first round. Uh, Desmond Ritter against Jared Goff and a who's who of who will be playing in the XFL in two years. It's going to gonna be a good time. Two dome teams, you know, completely opposite color schemes. A lot of narratives going into this next week. How do you determine an opposite color scheme? Blue to red, black to silver. Seems opposite enough. Sure. You want me to pull out the fucking Adobe color chart, Mike? Would that make you feel better? You want me to drop these hex codes no. in there and see how close they are to split? No, I believe you, but I also God feel damn, like... I'm the fucking art director of this bitch, and you're out here trying to tell me what colors are? Listen, I feel like it would have to be, like, like white and blue to be an actual... How is silver not close enough? Totally different color. It's basically the same color. And did you know that black is actually the absence of color? <laughs> silver is just white with better PR. Wow. Although having grown up as a white man in America, it's hard to get better PR than white. Yeah, silver people are really getting held down. A goddamn silver surfer, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike. Uh, final segment for the week, unless we come up with anything else. Uh, we have a new segment that we'll be doing going forward. We have our weekly awards. Here's where I'm going to play the brand new music for the weekly awards. If I find any. Uh, if not, then there will just oh, be a okay. silence there. Um. Mike, I got a uh, – uh, let me intro this. I was going to do a whole thing, but let me intro this. The weekly awards, we're going to have six to eight weekly awards, some recurring, some one-offs. And because we have the podcast brought to you by The Wheel, we've all loaded them into The Wheel 
And we'll go back and forth here, spin the wheel, and that'll dictate what award we're giving out one at a time. Because uh, we talked about sports too much and never have time for the wheel. So we had to figure out a way to make the wheel relevant again. Yes. So, Mike, you want to kick or receive? I'll receive. All right, Mike, let's spin the wheel. Which is, for some reason, going through my speakers instead of my headphones. All right, Mike, your opening award this week. Who is your fantasy benchwarmer of the week? Uh, so going by my team, uh, unfortunate. I started him in week one. You know, drafted him in the 11th round in our Dynasty League. Marvin Mims. The That's Denver Broncos. mine too. Let's go, bro. Is it? Let's play. go. Yeah, 113 yards, two receptions, one touchdown, 21.3 points uh, in the way our Dynasty League is set up. Last week, he had two receptions, nine yards for 1.9. When I actually did start him, he was only started, at least my check today, this could be in starting lineups if people change theirs already for week three. But as of today, he's only in 5% of starting lineups on Sleeper. Yeah, you checked today, so that is for next week. Do you want to know what he got started at yesterday? 2%. 1% of starting. Damn. Which I yeah, think I is just a rounding error. I think that's like seven people started them, and they don't do like tenths or hundredths on Sleeper. So they were like, eh, seven people started him. We'll put him as 1%. Yeah, I mean, can you blame people? I mean, he's like a smaller, speedy guy who like I had high hopes for, but after week one, I was like, oh, yeah, Russ is quarterback. I, so this was this – was, I, I knew I had it written down somewhere. This was my low workload, high efficiency guy. It's the mm -hmm. Roman Reigns of receivers. The guy you were thinking of with, like, Jalen Hyatt? Yeah, two receptions, yeah. 113 yards. Two receptions. He had one more reception than the percent of people that started him on Sleeper. Yeah. And that brings me to the point that you can't even start him next week. Because are you going to yeah. really rely on him getting another two receptions for 113 yards? He's not getting targeted. I mean, they're throwing the fuck out of the ball to Cortland Sutton now. Who who knows if he's going to be sustainably good. But this week, um, Marvin Mims Jr. only took 16 offensive snaps. Yeah, the floor is just too low. The roof yeah. is the ceiling. The roof is the ceiling, though. All right, Mike, let's spin the wheel, see what my first one up is. Man, I'm going to have to put that wheel sound effect in there so many times. Mm -hmm. My clicking finger is going to get sore. All right, Mike, our second award that we're handing out this week is the least believable result or the Bill Parcells is a liar sometimes award. Overrated head coach. I, I've been on that mountain for years. Uh, so for this one, going back to week one to pull, but Detroit over Kansas City, come on, least believable result. We anointed Detroit a, a contender. They followed that up by losing to Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks in overtime, who previously lost to Puka Nakua and the... Los Angeles Rams, who we previously had slated to be a top 10 pick team. Uh, we called Jared Goff a quarterback that could lead a contender. And for some reason, everyone in the fucking world talked about his 383 pass streak without an interception. Congratulations, Jared Goff. You threw a bunch of passes without an interception. That is a math error. You're not a good quarterback. You got small hands. Fucking Christ, guys. Why are we pretending that Detroit won over Kansas City and that put him in Super Bowl contention. It's one game. And then Goff threw his interception 
was fucking brutal this week. I mean, he they ran that little like you know halfback angle. He has Gibbs open with like room in front of him to run, and is just throws it like multiple feet behind him. Yeah, and he gets picked. It was a brutal interception. Pick six to like, end the streak. By the way, pick six. Way to end the streak yeah. in, in style, at least. Yeah, it was just like it was classic like middle of the road quarterback where you'll see him do some nice things, and then you're like, oh, that was fucking rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So that's uh. That's our inaugural Bill Parcell is a liar sometimes. All right, Mike. Next award on the board. You have the... There's always money in the banana stand award. All right, so... I didn't do much betting in NFL, and what I did didn't go well. So I actually went with a college game here. And I went with Minnesota at number 20 UNC was a seven point line. I also spread it up to nine and a half and uh, it hit 31 to 13. I had to listen to the guys on college college game day prior to game starting, talk about how good Minnesota's defense is caused some problems for UNC. They put up 519 total yards of offense. So UNC my, did uh, or Minnesota UNC did. Okay. Uh, Cause they were talking about how Minnesota's defense is really good and caused problems. Well, that didn't work out, and so I once again went with my usual strategy of fading Big Den teams that are not Michigan or Ohio State, and it worked out pretty well. Drake May just earning you money already. Mm-hmm. He's not an NIL guy, right? No one wants to see his face on a commercial. <laughs> you got a baby face. Yeah. Imagine that guy trying to sell you Adidas. Be like, hey, you know, I'm just going to go New Balance. I got Jack Harlow. Really? I don't know who that is. The rapper? Martha oh, is that the Martha Stewart guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was in the new White Man Can't Jump. Oh, yeah. That movie didn't need a remake. No. Didn't need the first one either. Movie's over. How dare you? Terrible. Woody Harrelson's worst movie. Uh, So the way these weekly awards work, notably, is that we specifically have the wheel so that we're each getting awards and we're not both giving out the same awards. That gives us the variety, which is, as they say, the spice of life. However, Mm -hmm. in week one, I'm going to break our rules because I got to tell you, man. I'm mm-hmm. just betting the Chargers over every week until they prove I shouldn't. Week one, they're over 50 points. Hit. This week, 45 and a half. Hit. The defense, stinky. The offense, awesome. Next week at many, 51 and a half. Guess what, Mike? Guess what? I hit that. I'm still betting it, brother. 51 and a half. Up. Not scaring me. Keep raising it. Put it at 59. Put it at 61. I'm still fucking betting it, Vegas. They gave up 246 yards to Ryan Tannehill through the air. I think... I think Justin Jefferson and Addison were going to have big days. Justin Jefferson, Kirk. Addison, Alexander Madison, Kirk Cousins. TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson? Team's going to cook. And then on defense? On defense, the Vikings are still starting 95-year-old Harrison Smith. I was about to say, is my boy Harrison Smith still there? Harrison Smith is still starting. Chargers <laughs> are going to cook him on the other end too, man. They don't have yeah, anyone on the team that can guard Mike Williams. I'm pretty sure every Vikings player is four foot eleven. All right, Mike. Uh, I guess it's technically my turn. Spin the wheel. All right, Mike. Next up, we have the game of the week, which... Oh, sorry, I kept spinning. The player of the week, which you think is uh, one of the two we would have let off with, but the wheel's a cold mistress sometimes, Mike. Mm -hmm. This one is the easiest award on the board. Mike, do you know who I'm picking? Micah Parsons. (laughs) People won't shut up about him. Puka Nakua. Going back to the well... 20 targets. Mike, do you know how many targets 20 targets is? A lot. It's 20 targets. 20. 
20 targets. There are quarterbacks who throw less passes than Puka Nakua got thrown to him. 15 receptions, 171 yards, basically the polar opposite of Marvin Mims. Most receptions by a rookie in NFL history. Most targets by a rookie in NFL history. I just... I Like, I can't justify how absurd it is that they threw to Puka Nakua 20 times in an NFL game against the San Francisco 49ers. I swear to God, Sean McVay is just trying to keep himself entertained through the season. Sean McVay broke football like five seasons ago, won a Super Bowl, didn't feel satisfied at all, felt empty inside, and now he's just trying to figure out ways to fill that hole in his heart. And that way, Puka Nakua. I think it's even more wild that 20 targets didn't get him to 50% of what <laughs> Stafford attempted because he threw the ball 55 fucking times. <laughs> you wanna? You got Micah Parsons' thoughts over there? Is that who you had written down? No, I had James Cook written down. I just went with the homer pick. James Cook? Player of the week, you're going James Cook? Is this a, is this a joke to you? No. It's been 17 for 123, average 7.2. 4 for 36. Receiving average nine. Had a great game. All right, Mike. I'm uh, just ignoring your homework pick there. Um, your next segment. Our first sponsored segment on the show. Pretty exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The Taco Bell Hot Seat of the Week. It's a right, diarrhea so gotta... joke. Oh, I got it. I thought it was just like a fire sauce joke, but no, that makes a lot more sense. I, I thought that on the surface, it'd be like, oh, yeah, because fire sauce. But then also, you know, like these coaches are shitting their pants. Doo-doo. So I had – I wasn't sure if I'm doing a hot seat of the week going into next week or from the previous week. So I went two ways. I got two things here. Yeah, I got two ways, am I right? (laughs) First one wasn't a a coach. I didn't know it was, uh, you know, like, had to be a coach. So after week one, I put Tannehill on the hot seat. It's not like like this is voted on by the AP, Mike. You could have said fucking anyone that you wanted to. (laughs) I think that water boy in Denver needs to watch his shit. He dropped the Gatorade bottles. Um, So I went Tannehill week one because he was atrocious. 16 and 34, 198, 0 and 3, uh, three interceptions, I mean. So I was like, yeah, Tannehill, he's about to get benched in a couple weeks for Will Levis. Came out this week against the dog shit Chargers defense. Had a much better week, as I mentioned, 246 yards, 20 to 24. Zero turnover plays. So I think he got himself off the hot seat. Going into next week, I'll tell you who's on the hot seat. That's Matt Nagy and Justin fucking Fields. <laughs> Time's running out. The Mike. patience is running out. Mike. Matt Nagy hasn't coached the Chicago Bears in like two seasons. Oh, did I say Matt Nagy? I meant uh, Everflus. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I meant Everflus. Thank you for calling me out Ooh, on that. Okay, just worried a little bit about you there for a second, bud. <laughs> no, what year is it? Um, no, so Everflus and Justin Fields, you're both in the hot seat. I can't remember who the backup is in Chicago, but he's probably warming his arm up, getting the call ready to go. Is there any chance that it's not either Big Dick Nick or Andy Dalton? I can't imagine it would be anyone else, right? Is it Andy Dalton? No, he's not there anymore. No, he's not there anymore. Uh oh my god. Mike. Yeah. It's Nathan Peterman. <laughs> oh shit. Was the franchise so like dead set on giving Fields another shot that they brought in one of the worst possible options at backup so they could not turn to him? That's the only thing to explain it. In Eberflus, like in today's NFL, they're not like worried about changing directions too soon with head coaches so don't think you're safe because it's only your second year bud time to turn it around or shit's gonna get dark fast emphasis on shit i'm not asking them to even like become world beaters just be competent and 
like competitive in a game. Yeah, I uh, can't really argue with that there, Mike. All right, Mike, next award. I'm handing this one out. The 104th season of the NFL Scripted Moment of the Week Award. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Keegan-Michael Key scripted the whole NFL season. Uh, and so we're trying to pick out what his favorite moment from the week was. Mike, I got to go with the hail nearly this week. Mm. The Broncos cough up a 21-3 lead after Joey Sly misses two field goals. Commanders come back, take a lead. They're up by eight. Yeah, they're up by eight. No time left on the clock. A team on the brink. A QB past his prime and a coach who just came out of retirement. Sets up the epic comeback off the hail nearly and just comes up short. Might be Russ's last game as an NFL quarterback, if there was a God. It's basically the plot of Moneyball. So it's basically it's basically a shot for shot remake of Moneyball, Mike. I was uh I almost put Russ in the hot seat. I was like, watch Jarrett said I'm at a good preseason. I think Sean Payton's just waiting for the, the excuse to make the switch. I I'm starting to wonder if Sean Payton cares about winning and losing anymore. He's so fucking calm on the sidelines. His team's gone yeah. 0 2. They're paying him like an absurd amount of money to come out of retirement and coach the Broncos. Start to get a little worried. Sean Bay might not care about winning or losing. Wasn't he also on like the NBC crew with uh, the smiling doofus that is um, Jason Garrett? Yeah. Um, he was on one of those shows. I can never remember anymore. I just remember Jason Garrett because Jason Car- Garrett looks like if a vegetable came to life and wandered onto an NFL studio show. I just like the idea of Garrett. Like, not to be mean to him, but, like, trying to, like, you know, ah, yes, Sean Payton, my, con- you know, like, my contemporary, yeah. you know, it's like, settle down, bud. You know, Sean, you win some, I won some, I would say we're both going to go down in the history books right next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to point out, Jason Garrett, still there. Maybe he's the smart one. He didn't have to go <laughs> coach Russell Wilson. Yeah. All right, Mike, uh, you get the, uh, I guess, most straightforward award. What, who, what is your game of the week? Ah, yes, the game of the week. I went with the high-scoring one. I went with Seattle at Detroit. 37-31 OT win for Seattle. All right. A couple points on this. A couple points on this. Also, this kind of proved my point that, yes, like I mentioned it last week, like big win for Detroit, but they're still like a 10-6 football team. And they played another 10-6 football team, hence why it came down to the wire. But first of all, legit Laporta, all right? After going 5-5 five five last week, this week he was not like crazy, but 5-6 uh, on his target, 63 yards, four first downs. This Detroit team obviously trusts this kid to go out there and catch big passes to move the chains. You got to love it. As I mentioned earlier, Jared Goff's brutal pick six. But Gino, and Gino was another one. So Gino, on Lockett's first touchdown, just drops the ball in on a fucking beautiful throw and then later on like third down he runs backwards like 18 fucking yards and takes a snap <laughs> like all, i think it goes all the way back to like what they're like two yard line something crazy and takes yeah. the snap and takes the sack like you can't do that gino do that let me ask you this you see the uh the clip of gino talking to the ref no so near the end of the game gino smith um, I think he's throwing it to he's either throwing it to Lockett or Metcalf, and it's an option route. And the guy runs upfield when he was expecting the guy to cut to the outside. 
So he throws it to the outside. There's no receiver in the area. He gets called for intentional grounding. First off, no pass rush in the backfield. So kind of the spiritual idea behind the rule is that they don't want quarterbacks throwing the ball into the dirt to avoid getting sacked, right? Yeah. There's no one in the backfield when Smith does this. So obviously his intent wasn't to avoid a sack by dirtying it. But it seemed to be a miscommunication where either, we'll say Metcalf or Geno, misread the play. And the other guy, or then the, the receiver, went upfield instead of to the outside. So the ref's calling the intentional grounding. Geno Smith, like, you know how they have the ref camera? Like, you can think, picture the angle, right, when the ref's reading the yeah. penalty? Geno walks into frame up to the ref, and he goes, he ran the wrong route. And the ref goes, quiet, I'm talking to America. <laughs> like he's the fucking president. Yeah. <laughs> this is the problem with refereeing, uh, man. Yeah. They think they're they think they're real big dicks out there. I'm yeah, talking no to America, Gino. <laughs> uh but hey, props to Gino. He was out there dishing four receivers over four catches. Very nice. And uh Lockett, who's like the CJ Stroud of wide receivers, because people just he keeps putting up thousand yard seasons and doesn't get talked about enough. Waves goodbye after the uh, game-winning touchdown. Super mm-hmm. fun game. And put Detroit on Game of the Week watch next week because I think that Atlanta-Detroit game could get wildly out of hand and be a lot of fun. It's going to be weird, man. There's going to be so much rushing in that game. Bijan over 200 yards. Let's go. Uh, just want to point out, Sam Laporta, 54 of the Detroit Lions, 66 snaps. He had the second most snaps on the team, only behind Jared Goff himself. Yeah, like they trust this kid. And also, when you look at his PFF grade, they're not asking him to do it a lot. Um, because coming out of the draft, that was like his thing. Like he's all offense. He can't block for shit. The minimal amount of times they've asked him to pass block. He's actually done pretty well run blocking. Not so much, but you know, at least and he I, got one of the two. I get it. That's kind of like the whole Kittle thing. Like you want a tight end that can run block so that you can put him out there and teams won't, that won't give away what kind of play it is. But having just a giant fucking, he's basically Kyle Pitts. If Kyle Pitts ever got passes thrown to him and there's value in that too. Just having the biggest guy on the field who can catch a ball. Yeah, because I mean, it's the NFL. They got strength and conditioning coaches. Bulk the kid up a little bit. Maybe he becomes a good blocker. You don't know. So, but so, so is, far. Are we going Sam Legitta? Le, Legitta? Sam Le, Le, What's the nickname we're going with here? I just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking L squared. Legit Laporta, but it's up to you. I think we got to go. I think we got to get Legit Laporta in the repertoire a little bit. Then we can start calling him L squared. Mm-hmm. How about, how about uh, Samuel L. Legit? Is that, is that something? No. Okay. <laughs> we got the Detroit Laportas. That That's not really anything either, but sure. <laughs> what are you talking about? You still talking about Lions over there? Game of the week? Uh, no, something I'm all wrapped up. That was my game of the week. All right, Mike. I already spun the wheel while we were talking there because, uh, you know, there's only so many times I want to put this fucking sound effect in. Uh, I got the free space this week, which I'm very excited know. about. Uh, we can just run through all of our free space awards here back to back. Uh, I have mm-hmm. two. How many? Do you have any free space awards? I just got one, so I can sandwich it in between yours. Sounds good. I like sandwiching you. Um, so, I don't know if you heard about these rumors, but uh, I'm going to give the Jungle Cruise Memorial Potential Blockbuster Flop Award to the rumors of Russell Wilson to the Jets. What are we talking about here, guys? Can you imagine a way to disappoint Garrett Wilson more than going, hey, buddy, good news. We're bringing in a different quarterback than Zach Wilson and then ripping his heart out by telling him that it's Russell Wilson. I mean, Not- you could rip his out. Wouldn't his heart be ripped out more if they just said, hey, we're sticking with Zach Wilson? <laughs> no, that's what they've been saying. 
That's true. Not a uh, like seriously. Okay, okay. I'm gonna we'll say that the constant here is Zach Wilson. I'm gonna start naming some other wide re- or, uh, quarterbacks that have been rumored here, and I just want you to tell me if you would rather have Zach Wilson or this quarterback. All right. Okay. Russell Wilson. Yeah, I guess. So you'd rather have Zach Wilson than Russell Wilson? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were doing it the other way. No. Uh, okay. No. Okay. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, <laughs> I'd rather have Jacoby. Mike White. I mean, Mike White. Mike White at least has like that one monster game, like in like September when he'd get put in. So I'll take Mike White. Philip Rivers. Ooh. Like this age, Philip Rivers? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> we can't even have a good I'm time I'm talking machine? about who's... Yeah. We're going to go get in 2012, Philip Rivers. So I'm I'm going to say I'd rather have Zach Wilson. Okay. I just want to figure out where the floor is. The floor is 40-year-old having given birth to 11 kids, Philip Rivers. Yes. Do you, want to, do you have any more? Or can I tell you my reason why? Let me, let me hear your reason. So my reason is the same reason why it would be disastrous with Russ, and that is that uh, the Jets currently have the 31st ranked uh, pass block by PFF. So 40-year-old Phillip Rivers might die, and Russ will get cooked. Yeah, those tackles are not great. Not no. great. Not great in the, the Bills got pressure on them. Jesus. The Bills got pressure on fucking everyone so far, man. They got a lot of pressure in week one, too. I'm trying oh, to reverse I mean, jinx two. it. Week two. Uh, all right, Mike. What's your what's your free space award? So mine is the uh, sophomore slump award, and it's going to Sauce Gardner. Dude's dude's in a sophomore slump. So week one, I mentioned it last week. Diggs kind of played pretty good against him. Good against him. Three for three, 35, 33 yards. Picked up two first downs. That's had like a seven, Sauce. Specifically against Sauce, had like a seventy-five and a half offensive grade against him this week this is the entire receiving core um this is like the total of all receivers matched up against sauce six receptions on the six targets 34 yards allowed two touchdowns collectively all those receivers when they were matched up against sauce had an 89.9 offensive grade so so far sauce is in a bit of a sophomore slump (laughs) a sophomore a sophomore if you will um yeah i like the idea of everyone throwing against sauce Gardner now just because he's washed it's like i was watching i was obviously watching the commanders play denver and it's just the the offense isn't how can we get it to dotson how can we get it to terry mclaurin that that offense this week was just how can we throw it to where patrick sertan isn't lined up mm-hmm. it's just the opposite for sauce Gardner. sauce Gardner's become a black hole vortex of footballs they just get and, sucked into his gravitational pull i mean look, and let's not like you know throw the towel in on him just yet but it was I mean, it was a really rough game. Get him out of there. It's fucking done. He can go sign with the Dolphins. And then they're going to turn him into an all-star. All All right, Mike, my other free space award is the 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 who-the-fuck-is-that-guy scorer of the week. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker? Tight end, right? Tight end? What team? Packers? I can't remember. Dallas. No, pa- Packers have Musgrave, right? Career for Luke Schoonmaker. Mm-hmm. One reception. One yard. One touchdown. 
the fuck is Luke Shoemaker? He wasn't even like he wasn't even the only tight end that scored for Dallas. Yeah, I Jake mean, I don't Ferguson. know how, how many like he's the starting tight end, but how many people know who the fuck Jake Ferguson is? Well, it's like Dalton Schultz. Give it till week four, and then everyone will be like, eh, Jake Ferguson. <laughs> what Dalton's a better tight Here's a guy who sure is like Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I have no idea who Shoemaker is, but he had 100% reception. This pretty week, good. So. <laughs> See a lot of upside in Shoemaker. Every time he catches the ball this season, he scores a touchdown. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know who doesn't do that? Justin Jefferson. Hack. Nah, zero touchdowns for Justin Jefferson. Fucking hack. Uh, all right, Mike, our final award of this week, which you get the honor of doing, unless you didn't see that I put it on there, in which case I'll do it. The Fraud Watch of the week. Oh, no, I got it. I all got right. Fraud Watch. Don't know fraud Watch. Do. Tell you something. I mentioned this in our like our Futures podcast or whatever. That I doubted him. Tony Pollard is not that guy. Whoa. He's just not that guy. He's not the same as a lead back. All right. 25 rushes on the season. I'm sorry, this past game for 72 yards. Averaged a whopping 2.9 yards a carry. But, hey, that's just one game. Let's average in what he did the first game. Okay, now it's 39 for 142 and 3.6 a carry. Yeah, two touchdowns, but he also has a fumble. All right? All right, that's what they say about Pollard. He got them slippery hands. They don't really say that about him. But two games in, not impressed. I don't think Pollard's that guy. If anything, I think he's going to become basically the new Zeke who just gets a bunch of carries, does shit with it, and then they throw Deuce Vaughn out there who breaks off a 50-yard run. So you think it's just whoever the second running back in Dallas is, that's who the guy is? Yeah, whoever's the change of pace back is just going to become the guy. I mean, if I was a, if I was one of those running backs that wanted to get a ton of money, I would just start signing as the change of pace back. Josh Jacobs, change yeah. of pace back in Dallas? Yeah. Cam Akers, change of pace back in Dallas? <laughs> Cam Akers. <laughs> All right, Mike, you got any final thoughts on this week of football? Week two in the books, 16 regular season weeks to go, four postseason weeks after that? One Pro Bowl, an NFL draft, another offseason, then 18 more weeks the following season. Um, My last thought here is I think I'm going to take this. I think I'm kind of thinking about taking the Steelers money line tonight. Against Browns? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, college football where, like, a team gets a big win. Um, and then the team that they beat loses, like, three more games. And everybody's like, oh, that's not that good. Bengals were shit again this week. So was it really impressive that the Browns beat them? Like, nah, not really. So Pitt, Pitt's currently plus one and a half. I don't know who would take one and a half points. You think like it's going to be a one point game, I guess. So I, I think I might just go plus one oh nine money line on Pitt today. Just want to point out that uh, plus one and a half would have covered uh, at least one game this week. So that's true. That's true. Um, Do I have anything going on tonight? I don't think so. I think I, I laid off the, the Monday night game. Yep. Nothing going on tonight. So uh, you enjoy your Steelers bet. I'm going to continue to not bet on Kenny Pickett. All right, Mike, you getting your transfer team, all transfer team defense up this week? Yep, that'll be up this week. Look forward to it, everybody. And this is our first week starting two Town Alone podcasts. So we will have a Friday podcast with a look ahead to next week and uh, a review of Thursday Night Football. Mike, you know what the Thursday Night Football game is off the top of your head? No, I paused way too long for that. They are just doing Eagles at Vikings again. Oh, wow. So I had to just run it back two weeks in a row. Run it back. Yeah. So, uh, everyone look forward to seeing uh, just uh, basically a rerun as close as we get in football. Wait, wait. I can tell you. I can tell you what the game is. Gi- Giants? Niners? Sure. That's going to be a fucking bloodbath. You know Philly <laughs> doesn't play until Monday night? 
They're going to have 11 days off between games. Fucking oh the God. Eagles. They give the Eagles 11 days off to, between games. Well, they had the short week last week, and they get the long week this week. But 11 days? They're going to be able to watch every film. Can we settle down on, like, you know, like, oh, Eagles, Jalen Hurts, you know, offense. It's like, dude, like DeAndre Swift put up 100-something yards. Devontae Smith put up 100-something yards. Who cares? Don't ever look at Jalen Hurts' like, yards in a game because that, like, isn't – it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> look at the skill position players and then look if – Jalen Hurts punches it in from the one-yard line or gets pushed in. Yep, that's all it matters. Push, yeah. Yeah, that's all that matters. All right. And, uh, yeah, um, I have unfortunately had a very busy day, but I'm still hoping to get my my guys article up tonight. Got a couple of uh, couple of games worth of all 22 to watch just because I didn't get to see all the action on Sunday. So hoping to get that turned around, get that put up. Uh, so keep an eye out for it, even though that'll probably go up around the same time as this podcast. So I don't know how you kept an eye out for it. See you on Friday, Mike. See ya.